Okay, guys, we've got a gravel and dust and grease-filled podcast for this episode. we got Chris May from May Motorsports LLC up. He's going to talk about how the average guy can afford to do some major off-road racing by building relationships, grabbing some sponsors, and hammering that throttle down at King of the Hammers. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Everybody, I'm Jared Ketterman with uh, my lovely co-host. Kyle Voss. Welcome so, to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Where today we will not be talking uh, anything crypto. That's right. And so we May- Maybe. Uh, I might be able to squeeze it in there. God, I hope not. Um, so uh, those of you that follow Kyle on the fabrication page, uh, you know that he's all about anything with uh, motors and goes fast. And so today we've kind of based that subject uh, with a very special, special friend of ours. So... Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So me and Chris have known each other, I guess, what, maybe almost 10 years. I was about to say, I still get people that say, hey, man, I've seen that video. You know, I'm a little yeah. embarrassed because it's like I'm working in my garage on a piece of plywood. Yeah. Things have changed since we're all, then. We're but all there. But you, had, um, you had him on the channel? Yeah. I did. We, I, did oh, like cool. a, I did a feature on his rig. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. We did one or two. You came to the house once for sure. I don't. I don't know. We met I think we video. talked about yep. doing two. We talked about yep. doing one more like, like more of a driving one. We right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. We I featured his ride. This you know this is crazy because back in early YouTube days, I was looking for somebody else to make content on because mm-hmm. I couldn't make enough content myself. So I reached out to him. I'm like, hey, make make a video. Make a video of you <laughs> doing your. Putting your rig because you were putting it back together. I was about to say it was king of the hammers. I was building some differentials. Yeah, back then it was non-load bolted nine inch stuff. We did so. and we did like some interview stuff, and it's all old, pretty so, pretty sketchy. So not much on, my, ch- on my part. Not much has changed. We don't <laughs> we don't have enough to fill in, so we bring bring Chris back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Chris, give us a little bit of uh, give give us a little bit of who is Chris May? Man, I uh, so I'm 40 years old. Live in Townville, South Carolina. Family right. man. Yep. Got a wife and a daughter. And uh, if anybody follows me on social media right now, I'm, I, I'm all about some kids racing UTV stuff. And right. uh, But big into off-road, been doing off-road forever. Uh, you know, work a regular job for Duke Energy and love off-road and get out to King of the Hammers. I do a lot of it. And So tell us about, I guess, your early days off-road. So you started off um, just like – what rock crawling, I guess, is what it was. Not necessarily racing. Yeah, so uh, I'll go way back. You know, high school, auto mechanics class. Okay. You know, met a guy named Drew Goldie, had a Ford Ranger. He talked about climbing hills and all this crazy stuff. I was like, dude, I got to get me. I had a Ford Ranger. I got to get me a Ranger. It was two-wheel drive. Yeah. So sold it, got a full-wheel drive, and yeah, I uh, we started bombing mud holes and, you know, where Lake Kiwi Dodge and Ford is right now. Oh, yeah, behind That was there. our freaking hangout. Yeah, man. yeah, right Climbing behind them there. hills back there. Yep. I mean, every Friday and Saturday night, we were out there tearing something up. And then bombing. 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 Yep. And, uh, but, yeah, eventually grew to competing, doing rock crawling, cone dodging, kind of actually Chris Durham told us about an event. Don't know if you guys know him, but he's a local legend in the rock crawling world here. And, uh, yeah, got into that, and it's so, snowballed. So you went from mud bogging. Is what I would call it. Oh, yeah. That's what we used to call it back in the day, right? <laughs> well, you're from the West Coast. Mud. Is no, that, is no that, mud bogging. Is that a West Coast bogging. thing? <laughs> I, I guess. Oh. I don't know. You, we went from, you went from that to, like, competing with your buddies on if you if they could get up, whatever. Yeah, going to, tel- uh, going to Teleco. Going to Teleco. So, Murphy, North okay. Carolina, that was more rock crawling. Yeah. Okay. And then it kind of progressed into uh, 
you find out there's a competition somewhere. Yeah, what's crazy is Anderson, South Carolina, the Clemson Four Wheel Center, mm-hmm. put on a rock crawl at one of these, uh, I say Jeep events, but uh, dang, I can't think of the name of it right now. Anyways, it was Anderson Fairgrounds, and they had a rock crawl, and we were there. And that was the first, like, one of the first competitions I ever did. That was, like, the first official yep. It's kind of where I met Chris Durham and some of the other guys yeah. that were serious into now, it. Now, is Chris the one that used to do, like, the very technical crawling where you had, like, you have to go between the cones on top of the hill and all <laughs> well, that? Well, that, you might be thinking somebody else. Chris Durham oh. is, like, the original, man, he hammered down. He sent it wide open up the side of the mountain. I mean, he, but he, he was good. Yeah. So he was bouncing before bouncing was cool. He really to yeah. me is the original rock bouncer. But, yeah. So he's from Pickens, South Carolina. Still, still into it today. Still does all kind of cool builds. And yeah. Rides his and name stuff. is uh, pretty well known, especially on that in that county, right across the county line. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I had a chance to drink a yep. beer with him at uh, South Cac Tap Room. Oh really? And, uh, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool yep. guy. Cool guy. Still, shout out, still shout very out. involved into it. Yeah. Shout out to the South Cac Tap Room. <laughs> Heard that. So, let me back up a little bit. The way that. Basically, I got Chris on the podcast was we were at a benefit this past weekend mm-hmm. for a good friend of ours who just passed away, uh, Tommy Glenn. Mm-hmm. And and we're about to the story where Tommy Glenn's going to be entered, which is why I'm yeah, telling this story. Sure. So Tommy was really big in the off-road industry, doing all kinds of stuff locally for a lot of guys. Uh, was really, I guess, you know, a big part of what you did, especially in the beginning, I guess, huh? For sure, and that's you know we we talked a minute ago and said we probably this whole episode could be about Tommy. Cause yeah, he, for sure. He you know Drew got me into four wheeling, and and me and Drew full you know competed a lot together. But Tommy is Tommy changed my life in off road. Yeah, I mean that guy. I didn't have anything. I didn't have a tow rig. I didn't have a shop. I didn't have nothing. And you know Tommy Glenn. I met Tommy through Drew. He the first thing he ever did for me. So I went from that Ford Ranger truck. I bought a Toyota pickup truck. And did some dual cases way back in the day. And he built me a custom like skid plate that held both the transfer cases and everything. And that's how I met him. And, yeah. you know, just so crazy story about Tommy. I know Tommy from drag racing, which is before his off road uh, right. stint, you know. I forget about that. Yeah. So Tom, that Tommy was really big into drag racing. Yeah. He built, you know, he was always like a fabricator, making stuff, creating things. Mm-hmm. He started off. In hot rods, drag racing, and then all of a sudden, and it's about the time you're talking about, he just made the shift. He's like, "Screw these cars, man! I'm I'm getting something with it." Yeah, yeah. He bought a yellow Jeep. I get you know that yeah. yellow Jeep was synonymous. That's kind of you'd see it sitting on the side of the road. Well, crazy thing about Tommy is he lived in Townville. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's he did. I mean, when I yep. met him, and then he lived in Townville. Like I said, this, we might you might have to pull me out of Tommy's stories, but he had a shop. He built a forty by forty shop in Townville, and back then I, I was that. like, "Oh my god, this guy is like." The you know this yeah. is awesome, and he was ten minutes from my house, and he was he was all in on the off road stuff. Too. Oh man, and, and I think I think that's why me, him, and Drew clicked so well because it was like he was all into it. Which he had kids, he had young kids, and just got married and got yep. that house and built that shop. Maybe wasn't able to do some of the stuff, so he kind of helped me and Drew do it. And right, and man, he he just he did everything for us. I didn't I didn't even know what a welder was probably when I met Tommy. Yeah. So, I mean, seriously, I did not know nothing about it. I mean, I was good at mechanical stuff, but Tommy just was the only, Tommy's the only reason, him and Drew are the only reason I'm in off-road. Okay. So, is that where you learned a lot of your mechanical abilities and differentials and not just fabricating, but the whole nine? Or were you pretty mechanically inclined before that time? I, I don't even say Tommy was mechanically, he could do anything, but... I think Tommy was more or less like, I just seen him do anything. Like he never yeah. questioned anything. So I remember I was going to put gears. 
I, and I was cheap, man. I was I was broke really. I was in college. Sure. It's gonna do differentials. Kyle knows. I mean, which yeah. the beauty of a Toyota is a third member style, so it's a little you easier. Can set it up on the yep. bench. Mm-hmm. Me and Drew had a house in La France on the Mill Hill over here, and I pulled them differentials out, put them right in the kitchen table, and you know went at it. There wasn't actually it was forums back then, kind yeah. of before the. So I got a form thing printed out at school, probably twenty something pages, and man, I just went at it. So I loved mechanical stuff. And I didn't like the fabrication because it was so freaking expensive. I mean, yeah. like a welder was expensive. Yeah, you're and, you right. Know, yeah. Something cut steel yeah. with. And, and, and yeah. Tommy had all that. And he he liked us and, you know, let us use his stuff. And, the cost of education yeah. was expensive. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, it really is. You know, and that's kind of a throwback to last week's episode or two, two weeks. weeks ago, uh, for those of you listening that didn't get that. But um, were you married at the time? All this stuff was on the kitchen table and you turned no, around. heck no. Yeah. I was not. I was <laughs> married to off-roading. I mean, I was all in to dang four-wheeling. That's, <laughs> that's what you, I was doing. Yeah, I bet your wife is going, yeah. okay, move the diff. We got steaks. <laughs> yeah, <nah. laughs> he had the thing in the dishwasher trying to clean it up before he took it over there. <laughs> We're pouring gear oil on, uh, <laughs> on our fries. Listen, you know what's crazy is everything he says, I lived it mm-hmm. in a different world. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was that guy, too. I was... You know, me, Chuck, all the, you know, we were all doing the exact same thing, just in a different, different atmosphere. And I'm sure, well, it's funny. So Tommy was a Ford guy and we actually drew roommate. He got a Mustang from Tommy. I love Mustangs. I'm all about some Mustangs, but I was so focused on four wheeling that, you know, I couldn't spend any yeah, money yeah. on something like that. So, right. I mean, so right. but yeah, a, a coupe Mustang would be me if I would if you, quit freaking spending money on yeah, off road. I feel you. <laughs> all right. So. So we got, so we introduced Tommy to this. How, now he ended up building your first, well, I guess, I guess bring us into your racing career. So you went from that first event at. So I, I'll try to say it quick because I don't know how long these things will last. It's, sure. it's a long story. I've been doing it, you know, man, I feel like 20 years now. But so we got, I got, another, we got another 45 minutes left. I, was about say, I got a Toyota truck and the, the Ranger was awesome. But the Toyotas were freaking just rock crawling kings. They were awesome. Dual transfer cases, gears, 37s. It was it was awesome back in the day. Yeah. Tommy had built that part for me and charged me some money, this and that. And then I went to Tommy for a roll cage. And I, I don't know how much. Let's say, I think he wanted like 600 bucks back then. Yeah. And I was like, God, there's no way I can't that. afford that. Will you finance? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And if we know Tommy, there is no finance. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. So I actually didn't get Tommy to build the roll cage. Some guy in Lower Anderson that did dirt track cars did it for me. And man, when I got it back, Tommy tore that thing. You know, he critiqued <sighs> it just, oh man, yeah, he tore it apart. Yeah. And I didn't give a crap though. I was still full willing. That's right. Went on a trip with Tommy to Teleco with probably a bunch of other of the guys. And it was on Slick Rock. It actually flipped it over. Didn't hurt it. It worked. But I think Tommy and I just, man, we kind of bonded on that trip. And I was hardcore, and so was Tommy. And uh, he came to me and said, hey, let me put a roll cage in that dang truck for you kill yourself. And I said, man, I, he said, I said, I just, I don't have the money. I want to buy other stuff than a roll That's cage. Right. I got it. He said, man, I'll do you right. Yeah. And I'm pretty dang sure we did that at the Townville house. And that's kind of where I met him because I went to his Townville house. Mm-hmm. But – Met Chris Durham and said, hey, there's an event in Jellico. We've been going to Teleco. I was like, oh, he's talking about Teleco. Nope, Jellico. Mm-hmm. Went and watched. Man, I was hooked. Cone dodging and then came back and was telling Tommy all about it. And Tommy helped me prep my Toyota pickup truck. We're not talking chassis then. We're talking yeah. 1983 Toyota pickup truck, Leaf Springs. That was my first event. Still have the bed on it or at this point do you? I, I did. I still have, I've had pictures of it. I did have the bed. It was all cut up or whatever. But then I don't think Tommy went. 
Drew was obviously into it, and me and Drew would talk all about it. And I think Tommy wanted to be there or something, but Tommy basically was like, oh, what we, we'd always modify. I was like, oh, I went the first event, I'd flip over something. I need to lower the center of gravity. Tommy cut the frame, he bent it. Well, then, end of that season, he says, dude, we need to build you a chassis. We just need a whole new rig. And uh, I was, was like, was this where TGC was born? Well, so yeah, and uh, I actually have a hood in my shop where it was kind of before TGC. It was just Tommy Glenn Cages. Cages by Tommy Glenn is the picture of it. Oh, wow. And uh, it's got a same That's phone number cool. that he still has. That's the, cool. The 221889 yeah. maybe or something like that. Or, but uh, I get, yeah, TGC was that first chassis we built. And I, I put a picture of it on Facebook here recently, just, yeah. you know, with this passing and all me. I'll me. have to, uh, I'll have to grab some of those pictures. Yeah, I'll put them on bet. Instagram. You bet. And, uh, but the chassis we built was box tubing and had kind of Tommy's signature suspension at the time was this coal spring, but it had a slider in it, piece of pipe, just super simple. If you knew Tommy just, yeah. but yeah, so that was the first car he built for me. So were you, were, did you know you were going to start racing? Like not as a career, but like on a circuit and you had a goal to get to X before, <laughs> man, or no, you were just I was, waking up in the morning. Dude, let's go yeah, build shit. And, I was and going on. to college for electrical engineering. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a clue what I was doing with my life. I got a job working for the power company because the kid that called me said, hey, man, you're going to work Monday through Thursday at 410. I said, you mean I'm off every Friday, Saturday, Sunday? <laughs> you're like, He's I like, racing. Yeah, and, and Bing, that's exactly what it was. You and didn't man, care about the money. You cared about right. going racing. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was no winning or losing. Dude, I was just having a blast with my buddies and, you know. So the, fir the, first, the first chassis wasn't even built for Ultra 4. Oh, heck no. This is it, Ultra 4 hadn't even existed yet. Okay, so no Ultra 4 yet. So this is like... like a, Describe what Ultra 4 is and kind of where that yeah. sits. Go ahead. Okay, I, well, I don't, so Ultra 4 evolved from Rockcron. Right now okay. we're talking about Rockcron. We're talking slow stuff. You're Well, I say slow stuff. You're basically climbing hills. You got. It used to be slow. Man, I see these guys. <laughs> rock bouncing. Yeah. Yeah, so it but, started out, you know, okay. just let's just try to get outside of this mountain. Well, then somebody put cones out, and you kind of had to drive through the cones, made it even harder. Well, then somebody put a series together. They called it crawling, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, rock crawling and, you know, we rock and new rock and you rock. It was all these rock astronauts or whatever. But sure. but it was big. I mean, there were 75, 80 people at these events and they were paying some money. I, I mean, I wasn't winning. I mean, I was, I mean, I was doing good getting there. Yeah, sure. And uh, so it evolved to, all right, that got old. People were flipping over, going through cones, whatever. Well, then they got going fast on, they, well, a, on they, a little. They did both, right? Like you had to go fast and then you had to crawl over something. Yeah, and that's and what and it, it turned fast. into XRA. Went from We Rock, You Rock, whatever, to XRA. You go really, really fast. People started putting V8s in it. Then they started figuring suspension out. The owner of Ultra 4 back then, it's changed, sure. had a Toyota pickup truck. Me and Drew Goldie competed him in Boyd, Texas in 2005. Met him. He started what is now Ultra 4. I mean, he basically went out to the desert, Johnson Valley, Turned people loose and they went and ran like 13 trails so you could run it the fastest. And that was in 2008. With a technical section in there where you have to slow down. Yep. Or whatever. Kind yeah. of. But so, and it is snowball to King of the Hammers and, you know, stuff that it is. So now. Ultra 4 is non existent now. And it's Ultra 4 thing. is still a, the King of the Hammers owner owns King of the Hammers, but he sold Ultra 4 to a different guy. So it's still its own circuit. It's yeah. still around. And Got I'm it. actually, ape, the end of April, I'll be going to race Ultra 4 in Rush, Kentucky. Cool. Yeah, and we'll get to it, but but Chris has raced Ultra Four in the was is it the big class? I don't yeah, know. I did the top class back in the day for several years. Yep, for a long time. It was the only class there for a while, yeah. so I did it. So so this first one was a crawler. Yep, it still had Toyota. It's had Toyota motor transmissions, axles, and all that stuff. All right. So then, what happens? You kind of 
kind of wear that thing out, and he basically says, hey, we need to build another one. We did, and so, and Drew, funny story. Man, I didn't own a pickup truck. I, I, I owned my Toyota truck, and I had a Ford Escort because I broke the Toyota all the time. I didn't own a tow vehicle. Mm-hmm. Drew Goldie, his dad owns Goldie & Associates. Drew talked his dad to being our first sponsor. I know we're going to get to sponsors yeah, yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. But our first sponsor was Goldie & Associates. His dad went and bought, I think Drew wanted them to buy like an F-350 or something, but he went and bought an Expedition. With uh, it might have been a five four. Yeah. Well, we bought a car trailer the first time going up to Jellicoe up Henderson. There blew the exhaust manifold. Whatever. We wound up with an excursion, a six zero excursion, best tow rig, two car trailer, two car trailer. Yep. And I got to go to every event. I remember many days I would drive by Goldie and see them <laughs> see them things parked outside on the trailer, ready to go. So you imagine being in college though, and you had a brand new excursion tow rig and really a credit card with gas yeah. from yeah. Goldie Associates six zero. We Maybe went a, or a, a yeah. seven three probably. No, it was a six zero. It was, was the it? first year. Y'all, but, y'all were like the best sponsorship ever. You were you yeah. were higher than the rest of anybody who showed up. Man, we got to go. We weren't that great because we didn't have a lot of money putting the rigs. Tommy was building awesome rigs, but yeah. we didn't have the you know high horsepower. These you know Curry Rock Jock axles. We still yeah. had junkyard stuff back and, then. The shock technology. Yeah. You probably didn't have the latest, greatest. Oh, well, and back then it was air shocks. That was, if you had air shocks, you were doing something. Really? That's I mean, crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> now it's like triple bypass. Oh, yeah, everything. for sure. So that's so. a great segue into that was your first sponsor. Uh, so, yeah. So yeah. let's let's just go right into that. How did you acquire other sponsorships So and money moving forward? So for me, I back then, I wasn't going to, I wasn't trying to make this my job or anything. I mean, I was still going to school or whatever, but. Yeah. Almost people listening, if there's everybody wants sponsorship, me and Kyle yeah. talk, but everybody listening, it's kind of like the best sponsorships I got are people I just randomly met, uh-huh. started talking. They liked me as a person first. I was like, yeah. this guy's pretty cool. It's 100%. Imp- it's important. 100%. Yeah. And, but, but no, so some of the, I guess you can call him real sponsors. Like Drew's dad, that wasn't a real sponsor. I mean, it was. Uh, it, was. Yeah. It, it was one of my best sponsors ever. It, it was. was. A, it was a company. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't just give you a hundred bucks a race. They bought you a vehicle. Like that's a sponsor. Well, the, <laughs> the, the funny thing about that sponsor is it's Golden Associates, and, and and they do environmental engineering. He didn't want us to put that on the side of a rock crawler that we're tearing up the side of the mountain, you know. So are they are they still in business? Oh yeah, yeah they're yeah, they're, they're still they're, they're still doing they good. Want they, to be on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> so so what I always you know I get a lot of people ask me about sponsorships, and what I always tell everybody is I'm like, look, you know, majority of the folks out there that are listening that maybe are like in racing in some form or fashion want a sponsorship. You they're you're not going to get somebody when you just go ask. It doesn't necessarily always work like that. Like yep. you said, first of all, it really helps if you know the person briefly beforehand and they that's like right. you that's because right. you're going to represent their company, right. right? You don't want to have somebody that's going to represent your company in a bad way. Mm-hmm. The other thing is they want eyeballs. Mm-hmm. That's why they're there. Mm-hmm. Well, so, And yeah. I was going to go into that because the first real sponsorship was we would go to shows and they would do little exhibitions, you know, and I can't remember the first show we went to. But what I would do, you know, this was back before the, really the internet. Well, not before the internet, but what I would do is I would make pamphlets. I'd print out on school pictures and my results and all that stuff. When I go to the show, I'd walk down to a booth of, you know, I remember like uh, Ox U joints. They're, yeah. prob- they're still around, but they kind of went out of business. Mm-hmm. Somebody got bought out. Hey, man, that's my rig over there. This is what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, that's a great. If hey, especially if your rig yep. is there. Yes. Because then that gives you clout. But then that, and I, that was a local show somewhere. 
But the best place to get sponsors is SEMA. Yeah, SEMA, PRI, yes, Pure Racing, the, the, PRI. Even yeah. for what you do? Yes. The best sponsors I've ever got was at SEMA. And mm. Now, I will tell you this, because let me back up a little bit. You you have to, like, have raced. Well, that's right, yeah. You have to put in the work ahead of time. You can't be the guy that's building his first car no. and be at SEMA going, hey, I'm building a car. It's going to be done X. I'm going to race King of the Hammers. I need some sponsors. Sure. Or I'm going to – I think this. I think you're, the people that are handing money out aren't always at the off-road events. But here's the thing. They're at SEMA. Yeah. So – and and I I got pretty good at it. I wore, you know – Collared shirt with my logo on it. That's I, right. I made pamphlets, you know, went to like UPS store and made nice color brochure stuff, <laughs> handed them out, let them know you're legit. And, you know, I got a good background. You get their card, you talk to them. Yeah. And, they like look that, you up after the word. That's right. Yeah. And when that was kind of before Instagram numbers and YouTube numbers, because right. I ain't yeah. gonna lie, I'm not the best at that. I was really good at going to events, man. I was going to every event. Yeah, I don't everywhere. know. I don't know. Well, I, so we follow you. The podcast follows you on Instagram, and I mean, you got more followers than we do. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. and then that's I'm, a, I'm old. That's May that. May Motorsports LLC. That's it. Yeah, May Motorsports LLC. I like putting stuff up, but I. Well, that's that. I guess that goes into another thing too, because it's not. You know, I said it's all about eyeballs, but really, it's all about you showing up too, because they want to make sure that you know whatever they put on the side of your car or whatever, they want to make sure that's seen. And so if you're not going to races, you know, you're not doing what you did, putting in the work. That's right. Then it's right. not working out for them. But I also think that to get sponsorships is all about relationships, just like everything else is. They don't want to give a sponsorship to Yahoo that's just out there banging beer bottles at everybody. And who wants that? Right. Who wants their name on that guy's that's shirt? That's right. And I do. You see. really thought ahead with, you know, I was clean cut. I wore a polo. You treated your sponsorship entry as a business uh, proposition. It is. Because that's well, it's a partnership it, it, it's between a business you and on both the sides. business. Yep. That's exactly right. Business on both sides. So, what was your hardest sponsor that you actually got? Or, or, or make it a two-part question: your hardest sponsor you got, and then the one you were most proud of or surprised by. Well, what, I, I worked at Max's on the Max's sponsorship for a long time. You know, I bought their tires, I ran their tires, could have switched brands. So, getting the Max's sponsorship was that's probably my biggest one because in off-road racing. I say this: If you're not blowing tires out racing, you're not going fast. Yeah, enough. and what those Every, tires are like? Yeah. What a thousand bucks a piece? I about to say about a thousand bucks yeah. a pop. Yeah, they're not cheap. And you're destroying two or three of them a race. So, and you're not winning, but you know, if you win, you might win five thousand bucks, but you just stored three thousand dollars worth of tires. <laughs> yeah. So, and usually when you blow a tire out, you might get the rim and then get the caliper, the brake line. So you can see tire it, takes but, out some panels. Geez. So Max was a good sponsorship, and uh, because they're in Swanee, Georgia, that was a pretty good sponsorship. I I wish the company would have done more. Because I was all in. I was like, yeah. man, I'm close. Let's do some cool stuff. But every company has budget. And some company, tire companies have That's a big right. budget for a certain amount of years. And while I was with Maxis, I felt like they weren't 100% in. They were shrinking. They have an awesome tire, but they weren't 100% in where, let's, for instance, say, you know, Nitto comes along. And, man, they're just throwing <laughs> it out yeah. there. So, and what's anyways. the one you're most proud of? Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm... Uh, for, I mean, for your 2023 season, it'll be now, South CAC podcast. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, man, some of the, the best sponsorships are friendships. Barnes Forward Drive. I feel you on that. Yeah. There's a guy I met. I mean, I wish I could, we can't we can't tell stories all day here, but literally just met this guy. I met a guy ten years ago. We became almost good friends. We talk all the time, and you know he still helps me out to this day. So. Sure. So that that brings us to a great point. We got some bills to pay. Here's a word from our sponsors. 
Stay tuned. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time consuming. When it comes to your auto and home insurance needs, make things simple and trust your Allstate experts. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your auto and home. Bundling saves money, sure, but it also saves you time. So you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact Clemson Allstate agent Shane Smith at 864-654-1047 today for a free personalized insurance proposal. Allstate, are you in good hands? Okay, guys, we're back with May Motorsports owner Chris May, right? Yeah, man. So we're talking about sponsorships, and I got a sponsorship story. Okay, let's when hear I, it. When I was uh, picking and grinning for a, a short stint there a decade or more ago, I remember asking for my first sponsor. And I go to their office, which happened to be in the same town I had an office in. Yeah. And uh, I said, hey, man, uh, I'm going on the road on this little 10-city tour deal. Why don't you give me, like, a box of your hats, and I'll throw them out. And, you know, maybe 1500 bucks to give Pay us for some gas. fuel money. Yeah. And they went, Great. Went in the back, and I'm like, man, that's so easy. <laughs> like, is that, so I should have asked for 10 grand. Yeah. They came back out with a hat. With a hat. Yeah. And I went, oh, are you going to mail the check? <laughs> is your accounting department somewhere else? And they were like, nah, man, it's just not what we do. It's not in our industry, and we don't we don't see the connection here. Yeah. It's like, okay. So. that I guess that's a good point because. Well, wait a minute, long, like, let me fast forward. I'm wearing this hat at Spatuno. One year. The same hat that gave In me. South Carolina. In this, South Carolina. You, it's an Illinois-based company. I was going to say, you're... I'm in South Carolina, and I see this guy on the front row go, where'd you get that hat? And I, I thought to myself, they should have gave me a box. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not telling you. You'll have to go to the dot-com and buy one. Because, right. you know, they didn't give me any to hand to you. Yeah, and if they had paid me, I'd have told you, but I'm not even going to tell you where I got it. And then I threw it out, and I'm pretty sure I threw it straight to that guy and gave my only hat away. But before, <laughs> even before I played Spatuno, we went to a restaurant before the show, and uh, somebody's like, oh, you know such and such company. Because it was just a logo. They didn't put their company name on it. And because they didn't give me a box of hats, I refused to tell you the company. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> so I guess one of the points I wanted to make before we went to break was – you know, you'd mentioned sponsorships are very uh, family feeling or family oriented. And that's the experience I've had too. Some of my best sponsorships, I don't know if that's, you know, quotes around right. that. Because I don't know if I technically have sponsors. I have companies that I work with. Um, but my bet, the best ones I've got, I know everybody that's in that company. I know them really well. We text on a normal basis. Yeah, they like they like you. They like me. I That's like it. them. We hang out. Like, if they're in town, we just hang out. We wouldn't even talk about... Yeah, because you're heavily sponsored or the appearances you're heavily sponsored uh, on your fabrication channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've... Over the years, I've had lots of help. We'll put it like sure. that. Now, some of those people stick around. Some don't. Mm-hmm. You know, some of it's they just... They want their... You know, whatever. Their couple well, videos or whatever. Your large corporations... The guy handing the money out usually moves around. That's why I like. Yeah, I like dealing with like the owner of a company. If that That's man owns right. a company, he ain't going nowhere. So that he'll is sponsor. exactly right. That is true. I had to deal with Eastwood. You familiar with Eastwood? Yep. Mm-hmm. So they make car uh, body. Well, they make all kinds of yeah. stuff, but you know, it's all around the car industry, more around tools and whatnot. Funny story. They used to hit me up monthly and be like, "Hey, is there anything you need? Anything you want?" All of a sudden, I quit hearing from them. Well, I had the dude's email. So like a year goes by, and I needed something, so I just reached out to him. Like, hey, y'all still yeah. bounce back? Nobody, nobody, nobody there on the other end. Like they just 
that's why I hadn't heard from him because they fired the dude or got rid of him or whatever. And, yeah. So well, and in my case, what happens is I might know that guy really would well at Eastwood. It happened to me with Amsel. I got Amsel sponsorship, mm-hmm. great, great stuff. But the guy quit and they got yeah. new people. But that guy moved to a different company. And sure enough, I still know how a relationship. Yeah. yeah. And then, so I've done that with sponsors, just roll over, you know, as long yeah. as it's a credible company. I remember when we started this podcast, we were trying to find a sponsor, you know, and I, I specifically were sitting right here at this table and I asked the guy, it's like, hey, we started this podcast. Would you like to uh, be our sponsor? And he was like, well, how many listeners you got? I was like, well, we don't have any. He's like, well, I'm out. Well, but we're going to have a lot of views. So now had the same conversation. It's like, man, y'all are blowing up. Like, maybe I want to be a sponsor. I was like, it's going to cost y'all. you now. It's going to cost you a little more now. Or that's maybe well, that, that's the thing he's field. getting at is the rate that he gave him was the, for the, yeah. no, no view. So cheap. Yeah. It, when I say so cheap, it was pennies on the dollar cheap. That's right. Well, now that we've got a baseline of how many people are reaching – and I think Kyle and I, every week we, we look at these numbers, we both go, how did that happen? <laughs> not, only, not only the numbers, but like the, the places that we go. Yeah. So, you know, if he would have signed on, and podcasts don't go away. That's right. So he would have paid pennies on the dollar for a rate that is now, you know, 12 times that today. Yeah. But our, he chose not to. Our very first podcast still clicks listens. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, this has been, what, six, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Still growing. Still clicks listening. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've been listening. I, I think I don't remember your first episode, but I listened yeah. to a few of them just, so, just last week. So I'll tell you this. If you are lucky enough to be the owner of a company and somebody comes to you and pitches you an idea, set aside some market, some marketing money out of your budget and give those guys a chance. Even if like you have, to, it has to align with what you want to do. Yeah, and I and I truly believe in believing in the person that you're. That's it. Get to know that person. Yeah. That's why I said it has to align. If their yeah. values are not your values, don't give them any money. Yeah, I, I will tell you this, and I'm not going to mention any names, but my biggest quote unquote sponsor right now. When they hit me up, I was like, "Nope, not doing it. I'm not going to do it." And they're like, "Come on, we'll fl- we're going to fly you up to our headquarters. Mm-hmm. We want you to just kind of see what we do." And I'm like, "Ah, uh-huh, that's don't thing I'm interested." In. They're like, "Just come on." The very first day that I was there, they didn't talk anything about their industry, their their equipment. You know, whatever it is they were trying to sell me on, they didn't talk mm-hmm. nothing about it. All they talked about the first day was how they got where they're at, how they believe in like a family dynamic within their company. Like it was all about the company. And by the second day, I didn't care what their stuff did. I was in. I was like, sign, I'll pay. I was like, this is this yeah. is awesome. You know, so you fell in love with the culture. I fell in love with the culture. And that's what they showed me. They showed me and said, listen, what's most important to us is, first of all, the equipment that we're going to try to sell you on, it sells itself. I said, we already know it's good. We already know it's good. We ain't got to try to convince you of that. Yeah. We're going to let you play with it. You're going to know. Yeah. We want to show you the culture of our company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Kansas City this past week. Uh, for a conference in another industry. And uh, I signed up with this this one company, and we wanted this company, but we didn't know we wanted this company. They pitched us, and I'm just like, eh. And then we had a, a different meeting, and then all the all the employees came, and one of the girls opened up their laptop, and instead of, um, we don't give a shit, the company made stickers that says, we are the, or we give a shit. We give a shit, yeah. And so... I see the sticker and I ask about it, and she told the whole story around the company culture. And then all the employees like, yeah. 
mean, that's, that's our life. We give a shit about what we're doing. Nowadays, it matters. That's right. And so I was kind of in before, but there's no question we're not going to make this uh, contract happen yeah. afterwards because I love the culture. Our values align. And yep. that's very important. Don't take sponsorship money from a company that your uh, your values don't align with. Yeah. I don't care how much the money is. You're selling yourself in a well, negative way. And if the you thing take is to, and at least in my industry, maybe not so much in, in the racing side because you're not actually talking to customers. But for me, you know, the people that follow me will get super jaded if I'm like, yeah, this week we got Express VPN. You know, and I'm like, they're like, what the hell are you talking about? VPN? What the hell is yeah. a VPN? And so I get emails like that all the time and I just delete them. Yeah. Cause I'm, you know, yeah. I'm not, if I'm not going to bring value to the people who follow me, it's not worth me doing. Look, I had a buddy on the, on the music side at that time. He was like, dude, I'd let a peanut butter company sponsor me for a quick tour. We'd call it the Jiffy Tour. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'm taking that money. <laughs> We're broke. Well, I mean, a tour is a little bit different because you at least get the whole tour, right? <laughs> That's right. That's, you got and, and it's, a and case the, of peanut butter. And if you call it the Jiffy Tour, <laughs> they're, gonna not, be quick. they're still going to listen to your music. <laughs> That's right. It's not going to change anything. That's right. So this is a great, uh, a great lead off of sponsorships and what they mean to you and your values. But t- I want to talk a little bit about what the art of racing looks like, especially in your industry. We had Rhea on a while back and we briefly talked about motorcycle racing and what that was like for her dragging down the track in Atlanta at the time and the skill set. You know, what does your pre-competition day look like? Are you... Are you working well, out? Or do, we, you, or do we need to go back like like the week before? Or Yeah, maybe, well, maybe it's a training period up to. Well, just the that, load that up. leads up to. Yeah, the load up I, of the. I'll give you, I guess, a synopsis of my week or weeks of. You let's, know, do, and, and, let's, let's do a king of the hammers. Okay, that, that's that's like a three-month deal. Yeah, yeah, that's give, like a, yeah. Give, give but, us that. But okay, well, I'll, I'll lead that off. Describe oh. king of the hammers so oh, yeah, that yeah. we know what kind of a big okay, deal yeah, that good is. Good call, good call. Okay, so yeah, King of the Hammers evolved from everything we just talked about, rock crawling, you know, started going faster and faster. It is this huge desert race out in Johnson Valley, California. Obviously, we live in South Carolina. It's a long way out there. That's one key thing. 3,000 uh, miles. Yeah, so uh, just huge race, big tires, big horsepower, major, you know, suspension, yeah. and you, you know, but you still got to go slow and crawl rocks and get through the canyons and all that stuff. So, but um, what does it take? But my view on this is, I told you, I'm the average guy. I still work a nine to five job and I make it happen. So for me, it's a lot of late nights, but King of the Hammers, you just don't say, hey, I'm going to King of the Hammers. I mean, it's, you're, you got to yeah. plan for it because, and I've been going since 2010. So I can almost tell you every little detail. I already know what I'm doing next year. It's not going to change that much. But so I'll go back to my big car when I had the 4,400 car. Yeah. Um, it, that car was getting tore down to the frame. You're, if I'm spending, you know, fifteen twenty thousand dollars to go to a race, you got to make sure you're ready. Right, you don't want to go out there and break a U joint, and that that's yeah. one hard part about racing that top class. What I was talking about. I mean, it's the car's going to the bare frame. I mean, everything's getting replaced, and you know, just all the fluids and U joints. I'm. It's gonna be a brand new yes, car. Good stuff is getting replaced, and I hated that about it because it was very expensive stuff that you're replacing for yeah. for no reason. But and I think um, when I when I featured you on the channel, you you just got the frame back from powder coat or something. Yep, that's yep. right. Yeah, because and that we Tommy built that chassis, 
literally put it together. We didn't have time to paint it or whatever. And that might have been a season or two later when I tore it down bare frame. You know, I was back, you know, I was putting bearings in the engine. But that starts probably, I don't know, a couple months before for sure. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, now I got a shop behind my house. So I, uh, you know, I get home from work. I eat with the family. Hang out with them for a little bit. Put the, but kid, then, put yeah. the, put the kid to bed. And, and I go down there and ho- and really, I you know, I get some good buddies. Just yeah. I got some friends that, you know, come over when they can. And, man, it's really it's, – you've got to enjoy it. And, and, I, and I quit enjoying it for a while. And that's one reason I got out of the big cars. You made it to – It was – It turned into a job. Oh, a big-time yeah. job. And that's – and I – people I, are – I don't know. I didn't want it to become a job because I, I was re- losing – it was not becoming fun to me anymore. Yeah, I can relate to you 100%. Yes. At that point in time, did you have family by now? Oh, yeah. I had – you know, I had my daughter and my wife yeah. and, you know – well, then one thing, too, my daughter started playing sports, and it just got – there was – There goes your 410. Yeah, well, then my nights, you know, my nights got shorter, and then they would no get doubt. later and just – so, yeah. but the cost of everything on that big car, we was talking, one thing is like ringing pinions. You know, when you came out of my house, I was building four nine inches, yep. and I it was probably a nine-inch gear, non-load bolted. Well, now no, – I think there were – Ten and a half or something. Well, right? see, I don't know if they – it might have been, but that's that was one issue. You know, them ten and a half inch ring gears, ten inch ring gears – Things are like eighteen hundred bucks a pop. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're you going to King of the Hammers. Yeah, you got to throw that eighteen hundred dollar ring gear. You don't throw it away, but it goes in the spare pile that I got a bunch of them. You know, just it was. So man. what? What does your prep look like? Bare frame, and no, then and every, what does your personal prep look like? Oh well, I mean, so are I guess you reading a book, listening to Kenny G with some candles three <laughs> months before this happens. Man, me so like, man, I, I have done it. I've been doing it since two thousand ten, and I've been out there almost every single year. I have done nothing. I've actually worked out. I've trained to get better. But what's crazy about King of the Hammers is, I mean, some of the guys that win, they're not in shape at all. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. Is that but, just a strap in and hit throttle till you see God kind but of event? I, see, I'm racing all year. I race every month we're racing. Yeah. So, I guess the, the King of the Hammers race, the racing part, yeah, you're going to be in the car a long time. I mean, I've never, I never did anything different. I ain't going to lie to you. I mean, I wasn't. Yeah. I mean, but so, it's got it's got to take some physical assertion to do this, right? It does. I mean, it you're, takes a, your after body King takes of the Hammers, because your man, neck then, is then, sore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that are you, helmet. Are you wearing a halo? Oh, I've got Hans. I've got all the safety gear yeah. and everything. So, but I never did anything at ordinary. I mean, I might have run my mountain bike more yeah. that month or something. But so the guys that that hadn't worked out and and they're not prepared for that, are they lucky, or is there a skill of the art of we'll call it? The art of picking a line. I think there's an art to that, but that art can't necessarily make up what money can put in the vehicle itself. And I, you correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Well, and that's the thing. There's not a single person out there that's one king of the hammers that is like, oh, they got a million dollars. There's been, I won't name names, but there has been people that have come into the sport, spent millions of dollars and realized, wow, these guys are good. It's kind of like NASCAR. Everybody thinks they can be Dale Earnhardt. Put me in that thing. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, it's, it's a real trickle. That's right. It's a real sport. <laughs> And, yeah, those guys have got, you know, I mean, really like half-million-dollar cars, maybe more than that into them big cars now. But uh, they're they're professionals. Well, to give, you, to give you guys some context, so how many years did you actually run the big class in King of the Hammers? I think 2020, so about 10 years. 10 years. I, yep, Out of the 10 years, cars. how many times did you Finish. finish the race. Finish. I think only three. Without a broken part. Yeah. No, oh, finish, well. Finish, oh, finish. Well, I on, think I won. There's yeah. a time, there's a time stamp, a time right? Event. That's right. So if you, if you don't make it in time because maybe you had some kind of problems along yep. the way, 
then you don't necessarily finish because you didn't make it in on time, which I guess those equate to broken parts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where money comes in. It's like, if you can afford the most expensive billet, everything, you know, you name it, the most robust parts, well, then the driver at least has a chance mm-hmm. because he's going to f- hopefully finish. Well, there's no such well, thing as bulletproof and off-road. We can call it bulletproof. Yeah. There's no such thing. Right. But I mean, I and think well, that's and- my thing with him, though, is I think you put him in a car that's a half-million-dollar car, and it's most likely you're going to finish, you know, he finishes the seven. Chances at, are better. He finishes oh, yeah. seven out of the ten years versus but, three. But two, what these now got nowadays, people are going out there six months in advance, and they're going out there, you know, pre two weeks. It. Yeah, two weeks a month, and they're not pre running the course because you don't know it. But I mean, it's a lifestyle. I mean, it is a lifestyle. I see people all the time that think they're going to win, and they, you know, they haven't raced in a while. Like, man, this guy's been racing short course. He's been racing this. He yeah. knows shots. Yeah. I mean, it is a lifestyle. The guys that are winning these races are true professionals. And now they're starting to do it. They're doing it for a living. So tell the folks, how long does that race last? All right. So I'll back up a little bit. Talk about the big class, 4,400. That's the top class. You know, that's your 1,000 horsepower, 42-inch tires, whatever. It's usually 200, 250 miles. Don't sound like a lot, but you're going through major canyons. 250 miles. Yeah. 250 miles is a long way when you're on 85 running 80 versus going through the desert. That's right. I I don't know. Our South Carolina roads kind of went yeah. It's, it's not that bad, but it's not that bad. You're right. I think you don't have dust in your teeth, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, it's a whole experience, right? Yeah, and it's, it's, it is, man. You're running 80, 90, 100 mile an hour through the desert, and you're going probably 20, 25 through the big rocks. You know, then you got to slow down and go five or 10 over the huge waterfalls and everything. But so, how much seat time are you in from the time the buzzer goes to go? So, and I granted, I wasn't winning. Your guys that are Understood. winning the races are seven, eight hours. That's still it's a long a four, time. It's a That's 14 four. hour. And I have been out there. So I say I've been out there 10 years, but I didn't race all those 10 years. A couple of years I went there just because I was like, man, I'm going to enjoy myself. You know, yeah. I went out there and had a good time. But there were years I was getting in the car, I got lost. I've had fuel pumps go out, had to run back to camp. It's a no chase race. So, so you don't have, a, that means you don't have a support team following. Yes. Yeah, so, so you can't do, you can't leave the race course and drive back to the pits. So, so how, if you break a U joint, how do you get that fixed? You fix it when right you're, there. When, yeah. you're in, when you're in sideways well, on a rock. You know, you'll winch yourself over or people be driving over you. I mean, it's it's crazy. It is a, it's. So Scotty, they'll literally drive over you. Yes. No, I, I understand. Scotty yeah. Derrick called. I was, yeah, I was still in the office at Illinois and Scotty called and he's like, dude, King, King of the Hammer starts, man, you, you're going to watch it. And I'm like, what is King of the Hammer? He's like, dude, this is a big race. Just, just here's here. I'm going to, I'm going to text you the link and you sign, and sign up and watch it. I'm like, okay. And so I had troll. Put it up on a big screen in the office in Illinois, and I called Scott. And I was like, "Who are we rooting for?" Yeah, I don't. Everybody's in the office going, "What are we watching?" Yeah, he's like, "We're rooting for Chris May," and I'm like, "Okay." So I'm trying to figure out who Chris May is, and I'm watching. I, I want to call it Devil's Backbone, but I know that's not right. <laughs> Whatever this section was, somebody was flipped over. Whoever these five other guys are coming oh, in, yeah. they're trying to go around one guy. Now we got two, <laughs> two stuck people. One guy just goes right over the top of both. You better get out of the way. Yeah. You're not fixing your U joint right there. You get right. killed. Like it's yeah. not. It makes NASCAR look like Hannah Montana <laughs> and King of the Hammers is Metallica. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's true because it really is. Seven yeah. hours in a cockpit of bouncing is a lot easier than an hour and a half going in circles. I've never been, but King of Hammers reminds me of like Burning Man with its. With hot rods. So to his point, you know, we talked a little bit about this beforehand. King of the Hammers, a bunch of guys that like to drink beer or not drink beer. They just had this a common goal, and that was bouncing and racing. Well, now, earlier, you were talking about it's become a community 
of exactly what you, Burning Man with uh, four by fours. Yeah. You got private helicopters landing, got tents set up. These yeah, rich I mean, guys are popping champagne. And, and Ford, Mo- so the newest, latest sponsor, Ford Motor Company, Nitto Tires, Ford Motor Company, man, they are all in and they're spending some money. And they have a huge set up there, I'm yes. sure. Yes. Oh, you know, the Bronco, I mean, King of the Hammers and Ultra Ford is like, I mean, there was so much done with that in the Bronco. And yeah. it, it's a big time stuff. There's a lot of people making Well, Vaughn came through. That, I say Vaughn getting, getting into the sport, you know, helped the sport and he's all in on it. They got the it, RTR, it, Bronco. Yep. And so, so that's where I'm obviously different than those guys. I mean, maybe not. I mean, I'm not as cool as those. No, just kidding. Sure. Them guys are on a whole nother level. You know, you know, big time money, big time sponsorships. Talk about that. You you go to somebody in Anderson, South Carolina or Walhalla, South Carolina, and say you need 30, 40 grand, they're gonna look at you kind of funny. And and I had that's one of the problems I had. It was like I would really need twenty five or thirty grand. What's the purse? Just to make it happen. Well, it's about a hundred grand now, which is not a lot. That's not that's but, nothing. Well, yeah. if you win though, sponsorships that's it. will come. That's it. You're that's, not so you're the, winning yeah. you're winning the hundred grand off of yeah. a K. And there's a bunch of different classes now. So that's what I was gonna break into. Yeah. That was the big class. Half the reason I ran that big class because it was like, man, I'm I'm running the top class with all these guys, Lauren Healy and Vin Gaunt and Vin Gaunt Jr. and Shannon Campbell. And local people are like, woo, he's in the big class. Yeah. But it got to where it was so expensive. And I was, you know, top 10 or 15 would have been awesome. So, what's, what's the best advice you could give to somebody who may think that they, they know what they're doing and they want to be, that's their goal one day? What's for either a child or a parent or just a guy in their 50s having a midlife crisis? What's the best advice you'd give them to get to where you are right now? It's, well, if you're not going to work hard, it's going to be really, really expensive. If you're going to work, it's still going to be expensive. So it's, it really takes a lot of money to do it. And, you know, I may not spend as much money some, but I am busting my butt. It's, yeah. it's just, would it's going to be work. Would you say make those relationships first? Like, for instance, if, if yeah, Jared, yeah. If Jared was like, hey, I want to, I think I want to go off-road racing. Yeah, I want to do that. My thing is, I think what he would do, though, is he would literally go to SEMA, wouldn't even have a vehicle, He'd go make best friends with like would. Curry yeah. well, and all these guys. Yeah, you'd be like, and then and then he'd be like, oh, by the way, I think I want to build a rig. I've right. been wrecking vehicles since I was twelve. <laughs> yeah. I'm your guy. You think you The biggest thing is to go to the events first off. You know, some well, people true. there are really people that come to race King and Hammers and never even been. It's Shut just they want to do up. it. Yeah, and that's and, like trying to go on tour and never never seen a concert in your life. I will. Or, yeah, or just recording in your home studio and never been on stage. Like that's a big difference. So, like if you can't fair play, enough. If you can't there be was on a, stage, there was a guy, how good you can sing. There was a guy just this past King of the Hammers. I'm gonna say he's never been there. Wealthy guy in his fifties, and he, and UTVs are popular right now. That's what I've gotten into. Sure. But he wound up getting his helicopter flowed out because it broke in the middle of the night. He couldn't get it off the race course. He had to pay a helicopter. I don't know two, three, four thousand dollars to fly it out. So fly his equipment out. Yep. Yeah. There's, the there's pictures all the internet of him, you know, literally can't am dangling from a helicopter. And he got so it. the oh. best advice would be have not an unlimited budget, but have your money in order. Well, and don't start with King of the Hammers. I mean, go to, if they, you're, if you're from here, that's the advice I'm looking go, for. Go to Georgia and race or go to South Carolina, you know, go yeah, down yeah. the road. Don't drive freaking 40 hours across the country. And the, and the music we call it paying your dues. Right. Yeah, exactly. My advice too, then it goes back to everything we ever talk about on this podcast. It's relationships. I don't care where you're at, who you're at. Literally, there are people that are probably driving some of these events we're talking about, whether it's King of the Hammers, drag racing, road mm-hmm. racing. They're driving, and they probably don't, they're probably not the right guy for that. Mm-hmm. 
but they have the relationships to make that happen. I'd have a better chance to get in the King of the Hammers after this podcast because of Chris than I would have well, ever without it because exact, I have a relationship exactly with right. Chris right. now. Yep. Exactly right. And I can learn from his He's mistakes. Like, hey, and, give me your contacts for Max's. And, and he would. Yeah. And that's that's based on relationships. That's exactly right. Well, fun, so one more story about King of the Hammers. This, this is funny. one just made me think about your several sure. relationships. So back in the day, I'm telling you guys, I didn't have a lot of money. And I auctioned off my co-driver spot on internet. Let like, anybody, ride, anybody oh. ride with you. So, oh, yep. good for you. So I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. So, and people, and, Shouldn't you know, people were like, gosh, what, you know, probably, is that legal? What about your insurance? Man, I didn't know about that. I was like, if a dude wants to pay me some money to get in the passenger seat, <laughs> let's do it. For 14 hours? Yeah. Funny enough, I had a guy that I didn't really know. I could tell a whole podcast about this guy. Anyways, Will Harris. His girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. His girlfriend paid the money for him. Love you, Will. And uh, he paid that year. I think he might have given like 1500 bucks. He paid to race with me just this past King of the Hammers. He finished King of the Hammers in a different class. But that was his seven intro. eight years ago. That's a, Relationships. That's, what did you he know, pay? 1500 bucks. 1500 bucks. Like, yes. I so think this that's was. the best education yes. for 1500 bucks. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody bid up uh, higher than that. No, no, and and actually, I was selective because I mean, I just didn't want anybody riding yeah, with yeah. me. I don't remember if anybody paid any more money or not, but he was a four wheeler dude. And uh, one of the years I messed a fuel pump up, he had to hike a long way, so he paid fifteen hundred dollars to work his butt off. But <laughs> he learns, he learned so much. I'm like, slow down. <laughs> it's actually, honestly, that's a super cheap way to get in the sport, right? No because doubt. if you it, before you ever did it your first time, if you're like, man, if I can pay fifteen hundred bucks and get Somebody who's done this for five oh, years, yeah. six I years. Mean, I, I don't know what that would cost now. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah. you'd have to pay a lot more than 1500 bucks in my UTV. That co-captain spot, do they have responsibilities besides hang on and shut up? Back then, not really. But now, oh, it's a big deal. Navigation. I watch rally races sometimes, yes, and not. those guys are like, they talk in code. And it's like the driver can't even see, but the navigator, the co-pilot's like, yep. sharp turn left, 30 degrees. <laughs> We, 22 yeah. degrees right. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. And you hear when they start, the yeah, pitch yeah, yeah. gets higher. It's like, <laughs> I watched the video. You go way too fast. I watched the video the other day. God, slow the F down. If you don't start listening to me, we're going to lose. <laughs> About oh, five yeah. minutes later, they're upside down in the field. And this yeah. guy's just wailing on a helmet. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I told you if you don't start listening to me. So navigation is very important. This year at King of the Hammers, so. Will, Will Harris, my co-driver. And he's not, he doesn't navigate, but yeah. I rode with him a few times, so I returned the favor, and he rode with me this year. Yeah. yeah. And we got lost. Probably yeah, both of our faults, but I'm going to blame it on Will. No, so no. Do you we have Lawrence. a lot on Will. It's okay. Yeah, Lawrence I used to have Lawrence. Lawrence is what it's called. then what happened is they started coming out. iPads had the background imagery and all that stuff. It was really cool. So Lawrence. I brought it. I got... Yeah, Lawrence is like a fish finder. Yeah, that's what I'm, they I'm use. Yeah, they it's, use them for off road. That's too. right. So they does this uh, device scan the, the nah, terrain? No, in front of it looks you, more like a GPS. Okay. Yeah, you got a okay. puck you put in the car, but actually, I run an iPad now with with a puck and everything. But the Lawrence is actually more accurate than the iPad I'm running. But I the think iPad the has bass boat yep. on water. I, the last it's the, almost the, last the same exact I think thing of on land is Lawrence. Yep, it's. But now Garmin's into it. That's a whole other. This off-road stuff. Listen, when I look at his up. rig, there are literally some oh shit handles <laughs> in the passenger right. side with a Lawrence screen yeah. in the middle, like for him to say, yeah. "No, you need to be going that way." <laughs> yeah. You know. So, so you're you're helmeted up. You got air conditioning going through there. You got a little pumper on there. It ain't, it ain't cold air, but it's it's supposed to it's be dust free, fresh, moving air. Yeah, fresh, fresh air. Yeah. 
Cool, man. That, that's what makes that race fun is, you know, out here, you don't need that on the East Coast. Man, you just go out here and run through the trees. Out there. Yeah, it's muddy. It's, it's clay. Yeah. So yeah. if people want to come see you race again, wh- where are you going to be? So the next big race is Rush, Kentucky. Okay. Um, I think it's April 27th, last week of April. That's the Ultra 4 race. So that's one of the closest ones. This year we got Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Cranon, Wisconsin, Jay, Oklahoma, and then Lake Havasu. Are these races like a music festival? They, well, so that's one thing that's changing. You got a beer tent. You got yes. a bonfire. You got. I told you that the guy that owned King of the Hammers sold Jay it to Oklahoma. Ultra Four. He sold it to a guy who does like marketing and promotions. And now these events, people don't come to race. They're it's an event. Into, yeah, they're turning. They into got beat. music and you know family stuff, and it's it's a, it's a fun time. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so and King of the Hammers is coming at when? It's February. Yep. Got it just it. happened. Havasu's got to be awesome. Now, I've That's, never been. Oh, dude. I, so, I've, I've, I've been telling the family. Havasu hey, is awesome. Yeah, let's make this one. But it's right in the middle of the school year. It's in October. I, I don't know yet. That one's on that's the a, table. That's a good That's yeah. a good. Can you stream music while you're racing? You can, actually. And yeah. what are you listening to? So, I am silenced. It's funny. Will Harris, I was co-driving with him. Pull up to the line and he's jamming out the I don't know some hip hop. No, Madonna. it is it is like <laughs> almost. We love you, Willie. Yeah. It's okay. We're giving you a hard it's time. It's almost like ghetto rap, and I'm like, dude, can we at least put on some country? And I thought he was going to cut it off when we start. No, we're blasting to the desert. I was like, Will, I like to hear every crook and cranny yep. of my car. That's yeah. right. He don't give a crap. He is on he's the rocking. Wood. Yeah, he's pedal- so, he, so he, drives, he drives like that. Too. Yeah, that's yeah, it. He yeah, does. he does. So Look, when we had the last the big snow last year, <laughs> he sent me a text. He's like, "Hey, dude, I'm cutting through mountain rest. We're going to catch this." So I was like, "Like, uh, I, you know, I, I can I can meet you at the gas station." He's like, "We're in our razors." I was like, you came from Anderson or Pendleton? Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, we just all hopped into Razors and we're blasting yeah. down the highway. Yeah. We'll be gone for like half a day, man. You want to go? Like, yeah. no, there's, there's no cops out. Yeah. I don't have doors. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's he, I, He'd be a good one to have on here. Yeah. Yeah, so. he, he's a hoot. And, that's, and so now, obviously, from the big cars, my daughter got in the UTVs. And then I, I got a deal on a UTV, and now I'm into these dang UTVs, which are really, really fun. Great. So, I'm going to give you my Polaris, and you can you can put my yeah. lift on and stuff. Oh, yeah. When are you going to come see me? I'd love to put some stuff on that UTV for you. Well, I, I actually need to talk to you about come maybe on. welding up a rim. I've, I've, I've cracked a rim, and uh, I don't want to throw it away, so yeah. it's aluminum. I don't weld aluminum. Come on. So, bring it so Chris, what are, you, what are you listening to right now? Who's, who's some of your favorite artists? Oh, man, I am all about some um, – Troubadours, um, what's the Turnpike, tr- Turnpike yeah, Troubadours? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like some of the new stuff. Obviously, Morgan Wallen. I was gonna say Morgan Wallen. I mean, he, most people wouldn't think, but listen, I, he I, has, I like him. I know his, it's twangy his, or whatever, but I like him. I, his new stuff, I dig it. Well, yeah. it's not Florida Georgia Line, so I'll dig yeah, it too. No, but I like I, so I like hip hop. I actually like old school Warren uh, G, yeah, Doctor yeah, Dre. Yeah, yeah, I was born yeah. in Florida, so that, that's like my hip hop. Uh, my and, iPod goes yep. everything to Sawyer Brown to yeah. the ga- um, like gospel music to you know. But I'm not in the you know. Country. Country. I, y'all were in the heavy metal probably back in the day. I never got maybe I, Smashing Pumpkins or no, something. No, I wasn't. I got yep. into alternative pretty heavy like Pearl Jam's my, yeah, my so jam. Just, alternative Nirvana when yeah. when the '90s you know and and I've probably got five or six years on you so yeah that's a little bit different because that grunge scene it came and it. I was yeah. never a grunge guy. I mean, I would listen to the occasional hit song. You're a West Coast Can- Greaser, dude. Candlebox or whatever, but I was more of like a Warren G. Or, I could totally see that. You, know what I'm saying? you still probably are. I'm, I'm not talking about when I was out there. I'm talking about when I was here. I understand. Chris, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. It's uh, May Motorsports LLC on Instagram and then just May Motorsports on Facebook or just look up Chris May. I'm all yep. the time posting yep. 
stories. And if there's somebody that wants to sponsor your rig for a couple races, they can message you on your social media. Yeah, for sure. Me and my daughter, it, this is what me and my family do. We love it. Like I say, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a living at it, yeah. but man, anything helps. I mean, I spent a lot of money in gas and yeah. parts. And I was gonna part of the part of the build up to King of Hammers. I wanted to hear was the the trip to California. Oh man, which and is so we we kind of motorhome and the, that's the thing we skipped it. So when I oh, talk yeah, about yeah, the yeah. prep, yeah, that's the thing, man. I'm prepping my RV, you know, and I, heck, I feel like I become a semi truck mechanic. I've yeah. been working on that thing a bunch, and then I got a trailer. I'm putting brakes and bearings on and. What's Man, funny just, is I'll follow him, and he's like, we just got to Texas. <laughs> and then it'll be like 20 hours later, we just got to New Mexico. You know? Know? And, so, and I may yeah. be a little different, but yeah. I told you I'm the average guy, and it's funny. I mean, I don't own a business. I work for Duke Energy. Yeah. When I get off work Thursday at 530, the RV hits the wind, and we don't stop. We, yeah. I got a 125-gallon tank. I tell the guys that come with me, like, look, bring stuff to put in the microwave. We're not stopping to eat. Yeah. Yep. We get we make it there in usually about 40 the, hours. The steering wheel while yep. I walk to the back and 40, That's it, 40 right hours. Back. Yes. That's amazing. Yep, it, it is. And I've gotten – and now, I've had some horror I've stories. Like that. I mean, I've Shit. had my rear end go out in the RV on the yeah. way home. So There's you switch a, drivers yeah, along we, the way? We, we don't even stop, man. I got the cruise on. <laughs> yeah. Literally See, stand I'm like, get up, up you sit down. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, I, if I could be mistaken, but I, I – I, I think I remember a phone call that Scotty made, Scotty Derek made, and said, hey, we're all loaded up in RV. And it was, I think, like him and Nick Driver, Tommy Glenn. Like, they were all just going out at King of the Hammers to party. And this is, Oh, they flew in, though, right? Well, that, I, I was about to say, I don't know. Have, no, they, they probably did fly. In. Yeah, They flew in, but they all rented Jeeps. Yes. That's right. And he said, man, when we returned those Jeeps, you yes. couldn't tell what color they were. Like, yes. We just, well, and I think they were trying to take them through the whoops and yeah, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've heard that story, too. That's what, And that's the funny King of Hammers. You're going to see a rental just destroyed. <laughs> guarantee you. Yeah, Maybe, get, probably y'all's is if, they, if y'all go. Yeah, yeah, I guarantee that. you Tommy's Jeep, when he brought it back, was like, I, I'll pay the 50 bucks for <laughs> my insurance. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, tee yeah. it up. Yep. Well, this has been a great episode, guys. Thank you for listening. Chris, thank you so much for your time on the podcast today and sharing your experiences and your yeah. stories. And uh, Kyle, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Great guy. Yeah. <laughs> thank y'all. I felt, you know, ten, tons more we could talk about, but I guess. That's the way so, it always yeah, goes. We'll have you back. We yeah, said it every, every guest, but we'll have you back. Yeah. yeah. Guys, thanks for listening. We're out. <laughs>